Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, so my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave them out should be shot on sight. Hello, good evening, and welcome. Welcome to Gatecast, episode 130. Not as has been kindly pointed out by my co-host, episode 114, incorrectly stated on the tweet. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of The Gatecast. It's been a while since we recorded, but uh, you may not have noticed since even busy weekends and overtime has not stopped from getting an episode out each week. You see, bavering away like a mad, insane monkey on speed. Yes, it'd be so much easier if I didn't spend half my time when I'm editing looking at TweetDeck. But there you go. <laughs> Shut it down, Mike. Shut it down. You know, every now and again, something pops up and you reply to someone, and who knows, we may have a new fan, a new listener. There are advantages to TweetDeck with me on the phone is most of the times I try and click on a link, it doesn't, and I certainly can't do that in Word. Yeah. The thing which turns my three-minute toilet visits into ten-minute toilet visits is Word with friends. <laughs> Usually about 15 games gone. I'm going to say, you're in trouble if you keep winning then, aren't you? Half an hour goes by. Alan, you're all right in there. <laughs> what? I need an eight-letter word beginning with A. <laughs> oh, God, arrogance, girl. I started off with jab. First word yeah. of the game. What is her first, first word in response? Jealousy, ending on a triple word score and getting 77 points. <laughs> oh, attempted to resign straight off that bugger. <laughs> well, that's it. You, you've got to play people as good or, if not, better than you are to push yourself. I realise that. I slaughter practically everyone. The only two people that beat me consistently are Audra and Abby. Not bad company then, is it? No. Romani beats me occasionally, but we usually accidentally, thanks to the rematch situation, have about five games gone at once. I'm exaggerating slightly. Hi, I'm Kevin Batchelder. I'm Wendy Hembrock. And I'm Brent Barrett. And we're the hosts of a podcast called Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV. Where we discuss sci-fi and genre shows currently on television and some from the past. We're fans just like you, so join us in our water cooler and back porch discussions of your favorite shows. And strangely enough, you can find us online at tuningintosci-fi-tv.com. Be seeing you. Wait a minute, isn't that what Bester says on Babylon 5? Maybe. I never watched Babylon 5. What? So you're a sci-fi geek who missed one of the best shows ever? Hey, hey, no details, no spoilers. I'm still catching up on DVD myself. Besides, we're not really experts or critics. We kind of think of ourselves more like guides or sci-fi Sherpas. I don't carry anyone's luggage, though. Yeah, me either. We're what we like to call the viewer's digest for genre TV. Yes, we're interested in the conversation shows generate. And speaking of sci-fi Sherpas, where would you find one of those? Mmm, Craigslist? Oh, see what I have to deal with? Have I got this plugged into the right hole? <laughs> well, that depends, doesn't it? <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> By the way, have yeah. all geeks been secretly laughing at me for me referring to it as Scrim? Oh, that's Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never heard anyone actually say it. They've talked about it on uh, GWC, haven't they? I'm not up to date. I'm working my way through a Peter F. Hamilton audiobook trilogy. The damn things run to about 25 hours each. <laughs> okay. Ah, Gatecast. You've started watching Stargate Atlantis Marathon from my Blu-ray box set, which is much cheaper now 
Then when I, I'm surprised that you actually plunging for that. I assume you had it on DVD already. Yeah. And yet you not only double dipped, you double dipped before it were a bargain price. Well, I considered eighty pound compared to one hundred and thirty-seven a bargain price, but obviously fifty-seven pound compared to eighty is even a more bargain price. Hmm. It's always a question: when do you leap in? And since I fancied watching it before Christmas, I expected it to drop in price after Christmas. Clearly, it wasn't selling well enough, or it was selling very well indeed. One or the other. Yeah, very pretty though. Yes, so are Harry Potter. I imagine it was. Uh, episode transcripts. Season 6. So how far in to Season 6 was the episode I saw today? Or saw some of? Well, which one was it? Oh, it's actually the next one. Yes, the town infested by ghouls who can only control townspeople by night. Ah, yeah. We're approaching the point of an episode I haven't seen. Or at least not all of. It's the one with Jack being continuously killed. When he's a toker. Mm-hmm. When I read that, I thought it said a large, slow vehicle is being driven towards the domed base. It's not slow, it's snow. <laughs> well, technically it's right. They're not exactly known for the speed. We have that, we have that. We still need to pull up this. Sorry, Tix Panther says, I want the JFGI short for walk. Yeah, I read that. I didn't know what it was either. JFGI, acronym. Oh, just f- Google it. Ah. <laughs> right, there be transcript, there be Twitter. Oh, bugger. That's not all of it, is it? No, that's 11.1 meg of it. I probably have it on the laptop. Or rather, the... Uh, ow, 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 ow. I'm fairly certain it is on the netbook. Can you give me three minutes while I pop downstairs, boot the thing and check that it's there, copy it onto a USB stick and then bring it back up? I don't really have much option, do we? Off you go. Just amuse yourself. <laughs> In three minutes. I'll be back. Pen not writing. Oh, there we go. Actual notes. Well, I like to put down the times when we start and other things. It makes editing that just a little bit easier. Oh, you mean cut out crap? Mm, basically. And I said I'd start at 6 and it's 7.04. Well, that's okay. I have no commitments. <laughs> Not everything looks good. How do we do this? It's been a while. <laughs> it has. Lion's head is cocked. The popsicle episode is ready to go. Yep, I'm all set. 3, 2, 1. Irish. However. Oh, Sounds more Hebrew, that does. A tree, a doe, a hen. Clicky. Ooh, he's angry. <laughs> now what's that, a slow-moving vehicle? Or <laughs> no vehicle? <laughs> oh, look, it's a nice shiny CGI dome. Well, a matte painting at least. Yes. You know, I feel sorry for Matt doing all these paintings. <laughs> yeah, they keep him busy, don't they? <laughs> you know, maybe a, a dead seal. Anyway, we're, uh, we're going to rule it out and pack up for the season. She's cute. She's rocking that little ponytail thing in the park. Oh, yeah. Ponytails always work. Yeah. We never see Sam with a ponytail. It's been about three seasons since Sam had a ponytail. And that was probably an alternate Sam. <laughs> Take it up with them. Well, maybe my new conclusions about the DHD will be enough to convince them that we should continue. I'm sure coming from you, it'll hold more weight. Look, what sort of flat screen is that? Look at how ridiculously... I mean, most flat screens, you go around to that kind of viewable angle and it disappears. That's true, but there's no point having something like that if you're actually filming a TV episode, is it? They probably just CG'd it in afterwards. I mean, I doubt that's a live feed she's looking at. We think we now have evidence that the gate we found down there is one of the oldest in the entire system. It could be as much as 50 million years old. The Antarctic plate wasn't covered by a glacier back then. It wasn't even at the South Pole. Well, the gate didn't necessarily originate there. Could have been moved from another planet at any point in time, but that's what we need to try and determine. The problem with this, of course, is the angle. You know, they've got the webcam above the screen and they're actually looking at the panel. 
so that immediately you know the picture's wrong. Since we dug out those two Jaffa, we found nothing. If this latest lead turns out to be... Hey, Michaels, the thing in the ice. It's something. Oh, scientists. Yay, redshirts. Risky job being a scientist. (laughs) I always make a point to look at the webcam. Otherwise, you end up staring effectively at the other person's chest, which... Let's not go there, shall we? (laughs) Actually, uh, go on, do your thing. That's passing rather quick. Frozen. 1st of June 28th, 2002. Written by Rob C. Cooper. Directed by Martin Wood. Shares its title with episodes of House, Eleven, Star Hunter, Murder Most Horrid. Actually, it's... Oh, hmm? Sorry? It's not even genre. Well, it, it doesn't have to be, does it? It's a TV episode, it's got the same title. That's all the credit it needs. <laughs> ah, and some days you're credit there, Corin. Yeah, more money, you're in the titles. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the episodes I've been looking forward to. Even though it doesn't really rate highly on the uh, viewer poll, viewer satisfaction survey. Hmm. It's a Jack episode, isn't it? White Rock. Hmm. <laughs> Why's the plane leaving? Coal's no good for the electronics. It'll be back. Win! Yeah, it's probably not a good idea to leave the modern aircraft outside in the middle of the Arctic. Not as bad as leaving the modern aircraft in the middle of the Serengeti, I'm sure you've seen the photo. Yes. <laughs> Actual photo, not a setup. Well, welcome to Antarctica, Colonel. Thanks, great to be back. Let's go inside. Yes, let's go inside. That's a good idea. Maybe more, why? Long-range forecast doesn't look good. Bit of a weather freak. He'll love it here. Yes, shut the door, please. <laughs> then they'll call back to Jonas's first hmm. obsession with Earth's weather. Uh, you might want to leave your coats on. We're keeping the quarantine lab below freezing to maintain the specimen. We thought you'd want to see her right away. Absolutely. As you can see, we're quite well equipped. Ah, oh, she's short. She is short, because Daniel's not that tall. Oh, wait, that's not Daniel. Sorry, I, I see glasses, <laughs> I see a faint beard. My brain just automatically goes, Daniel! Oh, wait, no, he's sort of dead. Dr. Michaels, played by Venus Terzo, Canadian actress. Been in Shattered, The Guard, and Psych. I'm assuming that's plastic that they've sprayed with water to make it look like ice. Yeah, acrylic. If that was actual ice under those lights, it'd be steaming. I named her Ayana. Means eternal bloom. A Native American Indian. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was one quarter Cherokee. Now how do you know it's a she? Ultrasound. You're guessing. The form appears to be female, although I admit it's hard to tell for sure. Have you, uh, have you made a guess about her age? Mm. 25 to 35? Give or take several million years. Several million? That's what the preliminary analysis of the oxygen content in the ice indicates. If it didn't humans evolve on this planet somewhere between eight, nine hundred thousand years ago? That's what we thought. Oh, this could be big. Oh, it's big, Janet. It's big. He said, fidgeting with his crunchy. <laughs> I don't know where this came from, truthfully. I've never gone out with anyone that wore scrunchies. Dr. Jackson theorized that when the gate from Giza was buried roughly 2,000 years ago, that the gold managed to open up the Antarctic gate. Current less than perky. Have we finally found something that tones current down a little? Perhaps his world is a lot warmer than this one. They are running the set at sub-zero temperatures. Hmm. The idea is it's easier for the actors to actually... Tend to be cold. <laughs> but they are actually cold. Yeah, when it is cold. Because <laughs> otherwise, I mean, you're wrapped up in all that, you'd be sweating. Yeah. It's actually set to minus two degrees. Bruce, that's teacher weather for me. Oh, yeah, it is a bit. Could somebody bottom line this for me? Well, sir, we could be looking at evidence that human beings evolved long before we thought they did. And maybe not even originally on this planet. Darwin would be crushed. 
Directed by Martin. Yep. Go! What is it on you? I forgot to tape the Simpsons. <laughs> it is important, Jack. Fox probably said mention another show. Well, this isn't a Fox production, so... Is it not? No, it's not. Hmm. This is incredible. I know. Didn't recognise Dr. Frazier with the hair put away under the bunny hat. <laughs> is she actually taller than somebody else? <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, Terrell, but it's unusual. The other girl... I'm saying now that I get a close look, there's a definite... There's a slightly Latino look to her, isn't there? The skin colour. You know, her name, Venus Terzo, it's unusual, isn't it? It's not... Somebody's looking at her cute ponytail. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, what... <laughs> <laughs> when you freeze live cells... Crystals form and ultimately destroy the integrity of the cell. That's why we haven't been able to develop a viable method of human cryogenic preservation. So? So, these cells are perfect. They could be from you or me. You know, with that hat on and eye forehead, she looks bald. Yes, she does a bit, doesn't she? Is <laughs> that even a little wisp? Oh, eaters. Martin Wood director actually made a conscious decision to always have the ice cube on one of the monitors. Plus to have all the windows in the labs out, just to give it that huge look. Made shooting it more complicated, but obviously gives it a lot more depth to the picture. Yes, because you can see someone way over there. Yeah, this is a little homage to a couple of well-known sci-fi horror movies, The Thing and The Thing from Another World. In fairness now, the episode was Mayborncicle and it was a lot more accurate homage to The Thing. Although in The Thing, they did have a huge ice cube which they defrosted. Hmm. Well, I did uh, actually... I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a program, I assume that's Fahrenheit. There was an ad I saw once on you, these uh, glaciers are melting and once they're gone, they're gone forever. So rather than waste this water, we made Rocky beer out. <laughs> they're using melted water to make beer. Well, pure, isn't it? Now that's the picture that's on my title card in the transcript. Yes, that's Ona Grower. Well, I'm hoping that's not Ona Grower. I'm hoping that's a face mask. No, no, that is her. They actually moulded the uh, acrylic ice cube directly to her body so she could actually fit flush, so it didn't look fake. There's actually some footage on the DVD of her actually doing this. Let's go. What's going on? Electroencephalogram. It measures brainwave activity. Mm-hmm. I assume there's an oxygen line in there. Yeah, because that little paper mask is going to protect you from everything. You dig a million-year block of ice up, you don't really expect somebody to be alive inside. Mm-hmm. That's impossible. We've seen stranger. We gotta get her out, sir. Crank up the heat. And that position she had to lie in was very painful to her. Mm. Yeah, the really turned the heat up. Make mince me to the generators. <laughs> that melted very quickly when it turned the heat up, didn't it? On three. When you're ready, Jonas. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Easy. Yeah. Well, maybe they use geothermal. Snip, snip. Temperature is 73 degrees. Yes. Not too low, though. This is precious fabric with no idea how to repair it, but let's cut it off anyway. <laughs> I assume you don't have bypass? No. Okay, let's try uh, warm saline, one milligram epi, and do a blood gas. Okay. You notice the angle is such that you can't see the camera track laid on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not stupid. They've done this before. God, this must have been a nightmare to shoot. Because anything below 82 degrees and life signs are often undetectable. Okay, we got this organized electrical activity. I'm intubating. Tilt her head, Sam. You look at it, there's not a lot of actually floor space available to move anything. It's not even that, all these cuts. Yeah, you've got actual footage on, on the monitors, footage in the room itself. God, what an editing nightmare. 
Oh. There's a heartbeat. She's alive. Hey, uh, she's bleeding. <laughs> she got. Ooh, nasty. Thank you, Jonas, for that useful observation. What up? We knew we kept you around for a reason. Look, she got a hole. There's bits falling out. She's acidotic, but her PO2 is 98. Ten beats per minute. Critical. In fairness, how the hell can she be critical? She was a bloody popsicle. Critical's an improvement. <laughs> See, just the th- threat of being electrocuted. Wait. <laughs> China's bradycardia. 30 beats per minute. EP 60 over 40 and rising. I can't believe this is happening. Dylan actually increases gain comfort. Sorry, you broke up. She's conscious. Pain sensitivity goes up in anticipation of being electrocuted. Oh, right. She's breathing on her own. I think we're scaring her. Ah. It's okay. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. Can we take the tube out? Yeah. You were okay, Jonas, until she saw you. She's got no problem with being surrounded by women, but uh, not the bloke. It's a male. Kill, kill the male. <laughs> yeah. Take it easy. Hey. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Oh. I mean, this guy's going. Hmm. At what point will we? Yes. Can we examine it? I know we're geologists, but that's not the point. <laughs> we can examine her strata. Map her hills and valleys. Yes. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. We have to see how many rings there are to guess her age. Uh, my painting doing its best. What's the cost of the SUC a serious amount of money to build that there? <laughs> well, I think it's used towards the end of the season. Oh, well, yeah, it becomes very important in later seasons. Mm-hmm. But not a snakehead, right? No, sir. All right. Then what are we dealing with here? Something not humanly possible. Not as far as I know. Yeah, it's not exactly... We, we ain't come across anything like that before, Janet. No, heavens no. As far as we knew up until now, all human life in the galaxy was transplanted to other planets from Earth by the Guaup. Now, the odds of a totally alien life form evolving to look exactly like us are, are astronomical. Okay. Actually, if she's as old as we think she is, wouldn't it be us evolving to look like her? True. We really need to check out the site again. At least get another core sample to prove the age of the ice. You guys need some help? We can handle it. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, she's awake again. Uh, I think I'll try talking to her. But will she speak English? Naturally. Maybe she's looking rather more cynical with the eyebrows arched. <laughs> we should we announce this to the public? Let's see what the church says about this. A rather attractive specimen of her breed. Mm-hmm. Yes, and she's not it. You addressed her. I imagine either Janet or Francine. Oh, I'm sure Jonas would have volunteered. Yes, that's a good point. Jonas. She's lightly restrained. Francine. We don't need these restraints anymore, do we? It's all right. And Jonas is unrestraining her. Are you sure that's a good idea, Jonas? It's better, huh? Sit around. You're far too trusting, my young Padawan. I suppose you've got a you've got a good faith in everything. And her suddenly moulded itself in the threadlock. I mean, if her eyes suddenly flashed, nah. <laughs> Can you speak? You don't speak. Uh, maybe she just doesn't understand us. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if she did, but that doesn't mean we can't communicate, right? That's a good point. I'm Jonas. Yes. If I put my hand here, what does that mean? <laughs> Slap. Jonas? 
Yes, you can speak. He's got his little notebook with him. Hmm? Jonas, though. Jonas is my name. It's my name. Francine is her name. Do you have a name? Hmm? <laughs> that bothering you? Oh, that's my fault. I I'm sorry. S sorry? Yeah, sorry. It's what you say to somebody when you uh, have caused them pain or sadness or you done something we didn't you feel know. bad about. Let me have a look. It's okay. Yes, really. <laughs> There's no reason the vocal cords are out of commission. No, I mean, she's been frozen for the past God knows how many thousands of years. Ooh, millions. That's amazing. Yes, I patched you up. You're bleeding. I'm sorry about that. Grey eyes. Ooh, not a normal human type female, is she? No, Jerry, there is. Amazing. Ona Grewer, I believe, born in Mexico. Been in Archer, The Bridge, V. She was in Stargate Universe as Emily Young, the Colonel's missus. Oh. Had a rather traumatic experience while she was having relations with him, if you recall. If you watch Stargate Universe, of course. Of course, I watched Stargate Universe. Didn't you see my night tweet, the cliffhanger? Well, some of our listeners may not have watched Stargate Universe. There many a Stargate fan who didn't watch Stargate Universe, unfortunately. Jack's just playing with the oscilloscope. Yes. He said as he fiddled with the compass. I didn't really learn anything. Nothing? No, no, not even her name. There's obviously a communication barrier. She can't speak, but... Uh... There's really no telling what the effects of being frozen that long are. Even with her ability to uh, preserve or heal herself physically, parts of her mind could have been damaged beyond repair. The wound on her arm is completely gone. What? Janet's looking rather good today. Janet has hair! Yay! Her uh, style changed, hasn't she? Well, that wasn't her style. That was just everything stuffed under a bloody beanie cap. <laughs> you see, Tilt's keeping his hat on. He knows how cold it gets when he got no hair. <laughs> Plus, there was also a fact that he insisted so he didn't have to have the tattoo on. Uh -huh. He's not stupid, Christopher, isn't Nope. thought you might be hungry. So brought you some uh, food. He's looking more alien. Yes. Oh, God, carrots and peas. Anything, anything better than that. I think the humble legume has been unduly maligned. And on this, the anniversary of uh, Mr. Lennon's death, all I'm saying... Give his chance. <laughs> Sorry, Bill, you tell the joke up there. I didn't realise it'd be an opportunity. Got no problem with carrots or peas. I just don't understand why they decide to actually put them into the same tray together. Carrots and peas is popular. Better. I guess if you've been frozen for that many years. Oh, you're getting a bit warmer now. Warm. Jonas is looking hopeful, thinking, how much more is she going to take off? <laughs> you all right? Yeah, yeah. I just think we have the uh, heat turned up a little high in here now. I want to show you something. Uh, here, look, look. Have you ever seen this? Question, of course. Ah, sharper eye. Is that a bread roll or a jacket potato? It's a, it's a oh. cob. A what? It's a cob. No, the big round thing. Yes, it's a cob. What's a cob? It's something that looks remarkably like a bread roll. But we call it a cob, a local colloquialism. Uh, ah, very definitely not human. So she's an ancient then. Look at this. Mm -hmm. What are they? EEGs I took of Cassandra when she was suffering the effects of Nearty's genetic experiment. Cassie started developing telekinetic abilities. Mm -hmm. These are the ones I took of Colonel O'Neill when he had the knowledge of the ancient repository downloaded into his brain. Now I've been comparing them to Iana's. It's actually useful when they have access to uh, these records. 
Okay, Nirti was trying to create genetically enhanced human beings. And the ancient device was rewriting Colonel O'Neill's memory until the Asgard put a stop to it. It was doing more than that. It was activating dormant areas of his brain. Sam, look, what if there's more than just a coincidental similarity in these patterns? So you're saying this woman is... I'm saying that she's another example of an advanced stage in the potential human evolutionary process. Leading to what? I think character's actually playing the jack role here. Antarctic cod can live in water so cold, other fish would develop ice crystals in their blood. Now, they've had 40 million years or so to adapt to the change of temperature in the water, and they've developed this protein that acts like antifreeze. They're fish. Given enough time, evolution can do some pretty amazing things. Look, we know that humans can become much more powerful beings. We've seen it happen with Daniel. Uh-huh. With the help of other powerful beings. Yes. Everything needs explaining to her. Yeah. Just in case the viewers don't remember that episode, <laughs> please explain it to me. Yeah, but that would put her behind us in the evolutionary timeline, not way ahead. Unless... Unless... Our evolution isn't the first time it's happened. That's not big, Janet. That's huge. Okay, look, it's just a theory. We certainly don't have any hard evidence yet. Yeah, yeah, but if you're right, this woman could be part of the race that first invented the gate. One stage of their development, anyway. A living ancient. And we look just like her. That could mean that, that our evolution wasn't just some biological accident. Dr. Fraser! Hmm. Exposition, exposition, exposition. Again, the background monitors showing the uh, lab. One thing, Owen is getting a hell of a lot of screen time, even if it's not directly in front of the camera. <laughs> oh, the doctor's down. Hmm. Is it a coincidence that she had an open wound? Did she have an open wound? Well, yeah, on her arm. That's why they put a bandage on. No, the doctor. Owner had an open wound. Yeah. Sorry, you said the doctor's down, and you said it's a coincidence she had an open wound. I made a lot of obvious uh, connection there. There are a number of examples of diseases that have no effect on the carrier but can still infect others. It may be that her healing abilities are fighting off the infection in her own system without eradicating it completely. Should Jonas still be in there? He wants to be. Chances are he's already been exposed. It's possible we all have. At this stage, I'm just trying to put my timelines into some perspective. They don't really know sod all about the ancients, do they? This episode, even though it's pretty much a standalone, does pay off long term. Mm-hmm. Fifty million years, good God. You can't really put that time frame into perspective. But I suppose, you know, how many civilizations can rise and fall in that time period? Ah, yes, like that comment in uh, Snuff. Uh, what was that? Those who've seen the rise and fall of Mrs. Vimes are Sibirankin's upholstered bosom understand the uh, <laughs> empires. Mrs. O'Neill, come in. How is she? Not good. Fever won't come down. She's not responding to antibiotics. Whatever this is, it's fast. Woods and Osborne still aren't back, and they're not responding on the radio. If they develop the same symptoms as Michael's, they could be weak, disoriented, or even passed out. You definitely think this came from Ayanna? Well... Michael seems to have been affected first, and she was the one working with the tissue sample. Surprisingly, I've just noticed, I watched the Atlantis pilot this mm. morning, and they're wearing the same jackets. Oh, dear. Some of my favourite TV are about quarantines on little bases in the Arctic. My favourite X-Files episode, called Ice, is pretty much the same. The Ice episode is uh, almost shot for shot lift of the thing, practically, at least from a psychological perspective. <laughs> I watched it, I thought, they're taking the piss, aren't they? Is this an amateur sure they just ripped it off? Where's Woods? Been separated. Hope he'd been his way back here. What about Snowcat? Stuck in a drift. It's minus 30. He won't last for long out there. He's running a high temperature. Help me get him back to the barracks. 
Oh, that's fortunate. Normally when you get lost in a snowstorm, you don't come back. Mm. Well, it's heating up. Don't get any ice packs. Or just stick outside for five minutes. Yeah, just stick outside <laughs> for a bit. With that episode of Fringe, I went out, they stuck somebody outside, they said someone walked out of the tent, stripped off and left the tent and froze to death. Hopefully Wood's activated his e-herb. That guy's either really light or he sort of kicked off as they moved him. <laughs> or maybe that was the second take. The first take, they tried to lift him, they just stopped. Skidoos. No, no, no. Snowcat. It says skidoo on it. Skidoo. 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 Which sounds like the excrement of a... Yes, it does. Skidoo-doo. Fortunately, to uh, make them run on the concrete floor, they have to put little skateboard wheels on them. <laughs> the tracks really couldn't get any purchase on fake snow. <laughs> I know, they really wish they wouldn't keep opening and closing that door. Some of my favourite TV are about quarantines on laces in the Arctic. My favourite X-Files episode, called Ice, is pretty much the same. The Ice episode is a normal shot for shot lift of the thing, practically, at least from a psychological perspective. <laughs> what shot I thought are taking the piss, aren't they? Is this an am I sure they just ripped it off? Neil and Teal went out there to find him. Yes, you can understand everything you're saying. I hope they do. Dr. Michaels and Dr. Osborne are both sick. Dr. Fraser thinks that we may have been uh, infected by some disease that you're carrying. Eventually, we're all going to be very sick. But you have no idea what I'm talking about, so... I mean, right now, you, you can see why Jonas was chosen and this is exactly what Daniel would be doing you know making the smooth reassuring talk with the alien yeah the difference with Daniel is Daniel will probably have copped off with a winner <laughs> I'm grieving my poor dead wife ooh a snog yes um. <laughs> yes it's been six months since I lost my last one you know I'm, I'm desperate you can't talk that's not a problem I'm a linguist <laughs> so is there anything at all that you can tell me about this disease you're carrying why you're not sick. You don't know. You, you don't remember anything. Do you know how you're able to heal yourself? Oh my God, I didn't realize the jackets were branded. That's what? The jacket. Oh, the jacket, yeah, the North Face. That's what I recognize. This is a virus. There is nothing else I can do here. How much time do they have? Days, hours, I don't know. Michael's kidneys have started to shut down, and that's a bad sign. They're wearing the same North Face jackets in Atlantis. I have one. I bought one in New Zealand. Do you? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Got a detachable fleece bit. The other bit is Gore-Tex and waterproof, and the inner bit is fleece and keeps you warm, and there's a built-in hood in the collar. Sci-Fi Channel product placement. <laughs> of course, that I've seen it. I can't unsee it. <laughs> I've seen it everywhere. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, I wonder the North Face actually answer this. They must have given him the jackets free of charge. Probably some of the other survival gear. And I'd say they probably let the actors keep the jackets as well. well I don't know. It depends. They've got them out of storage when they shot Atlantis. <laughs> this isn't really something you really want to be doing, is it? No. Doctor Wood. Doctor Wood. You've seen in the real life documentaries where they go out in a snowstorm and literally they're tied together a foot apart and they still get lost. I'm looking at this and I keep expecting to hear an Imperial probe droid noise. <laughs> that shot was a combination of actual practical effects and CGI. It's mm. unbelievable. Yeah. She understands everything I'm saying. Everything. Oh, has he had a breakthrough? Exactly you can never tell with Jonas because half the time he's always grinning about something or other. She's, she's responsible for it somehow, you know? Like it's her fault. She told you that? Not in so many words, no. Yes, Jonas. You'd be amazed how fascinated while well, people are dying. Yes, you've guilted her into it just by your expression and your tone of voice. It's logical that the, the mind would take longer than the body to heal. The problem is, Jonas, we don't know how much time we have. <laughs> 
We do. At 16 minutes. Silly Jonas. Oh, no! Have they actually moved? <laughs> I'm not even going to guess how the hell they found him. There was a tracker, he said. Still, that's still impressive. Because a sudden shift from severe negative temperature to positive temperature will do him so much good. He's supposed to warm them gently. Let's get them into the lab. On three, one, two, three. He's in hypothermic shock. We need to get his clothes off. We need to get him wrapped in warm blankets. Oh, Janet, yeah, she, Janet went out without any gloves on and all. Sam, I need you to hook him up onto the monitor. Yes, lost the veins, what say. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to stop now. Those scissors are getting some use. Adriana would tell me to stop overanalyzing. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm doing a podcast about the thing. It's kind of the point. This can't be good. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, she looks interested in procedures. Ooh, dear. Oh, that's, that's not good. That's <laughs> nasty. They are actually stunt feet. Were they attached to a stunt actor? Yeah. Well, the makeup took so long to do, you know, they couldn't have the actor do it. So they had uh, an extra do it and just film the feet separately. Mm-hmm. It's the sort of thing you just don't think about, is it, when you watch a TV show? No, but I do because I've done it. <laughs> I've been stunt legs for an operation. They never actually showed my face. They just had me in a hospital again. Oh, right. And I were there and the actors were sort of moving around doing the things. Jonas! Let's see. Let's see what she does. You know, cop in the field. Good, good. Come on. Can we see some... Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <sighs> yes, not a human yes. being at all. I am a defibrillator. And suddenly the feet are better. Yeah, that that's... was a nice <laughs> effect, actually. And we come away really quickly before the dodgy see she could Vital signs are back to normal. Yeah, this is one interesting specimen. It's alive. Yeah, get her on the table. We're gonna Jonas nods because for once he's actually speechless. <laughs> Jai looks absolutely shocked. He's probably thinking of all the ramifications. I'm not going back to monitor flat. I mean, he's in V-fib. It's ventricular fibrillation. It means it's still beating. Okay, I said I wasn't going to go on about it. It's a pet hate of mine. Yes, we know. Several of my disco friends are cardiac surgeons. I now can speak. Project, she can understand him, but obviously physically she can't talk yet, or at least beyond a few basic words. I go by that standard to some guys I deal, mate. <laughs> It's a rather tricky role for her, though, to take on. You know, it's, it's everything, all facial expression and attitude. Hmm. She did recover quickly, I'll give her that. She's up and about and bottom out of the room. Hmm. Can you do it again? Dr. Michaels and Dr. Osborne are both... They're in very bad shape. And if you can't help them... It's magic. Yes. Not the most uh, welcoming hospital room. <laughs> it does actually look like a storage room. It's an Antarctic base. What do you expect? You know, St. John Hopkins. Oh, dear. Cut away so we don't need to do any expensive CG. <laughs> That's true. Or rip the woman's clothes off so she can put her hand on her stomach. Oh, uh-huh. 
Yes, it worked. Good deal. So this is good, right? When she wakes up, she can zap us all? Not necessarily. Healing them really exhausted her. <laughs> no missing. <laughs> when you said she did recover quickly, I thought you were talking about, you know, thingy. Oh, there's Sam coming down with it as well. What is it, Gemma? It's a blood sample from Ayanna. I'll know more in a little while. Hey, you okay? Yeah. What do you think the problem is? Whatever or however she's able to do what she does, it weakens her more each time. I mean, she's still carrying that virus herself, Sam. I'm afraid there's going to be a point where she puts herself at risk. Good luck. Yeah. I can say, they've actually never come across anything like this before, have they? Mm-hmm. Come across humans that were more advanced, uh, intellectually more advanced, but okay. this goes beyond I being able to use a few extra percent of brain power. Dr. Osborne, placed by Bruce Harwood. You'll recognise him from The X-Files and The Lone Gunman. Yeah. yeah. The Lone Gunman doesn't really apply when there's three of them. <laughs> That's not very lone. Yeah, it's another Fox show that only lasted half a season. It's only Firefly. She could die. She could save some of us or all of us, who knows. You know, maybe she just needs some time to get her strength back. Well, for the moment, none of us are in dire need, so I suggest we get some rest. We'll stand watch. No, Tilk, if you don't kill Nareem, your immune system will be vulnerable too. Tilk, still in his little cap. No tattoo for me this episode. You know, I'll run some tests on the three of us looking for antibody markers. I mean, hopefully, whatever she did to us means we're now immune to reinfection. Okay, and the rest of us will get some sleep. That's an order. I'll wear the damn cap. I don't care how warm it gets. You're not sizing my forehead with gold again. I assume they incised the gold tattoo on well after they've been sort of pouched. Well, yeah, because you don't get to become first prime until you've probably been battling for 50 years. Tilk at Mirror 83 is barely out of his adolescence. We've seen Tilk in the last episode, how good he is. Mm-hmm. Thank you. They were actually a little concerned about this scene because it came across a bit too creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Are you watching me? <laughs> I have to admit I feel a little guilty being okay while Colonel O'Neill and the rest of them keep getting sicker. Yeah, she's kind of made up her mind what she's going to do, no matter, you know, the cost of worse. You know, I mean, she obviously, she knows she's the cause of the disease. Mm. Alan, what song's in my head now? Your poison running through my veins. I'm sorry. Nothing Tiak does can beat that over-the-shoulder shoot the ghoul as it jumps out of the lake shop. <laughs> the sheer casual sort of whoop. And yes, I did raise my left hand over my shoulder there. So... Yeah, you've got to check if he's not dead. <laughs> yes. Yes, place your hand on Carter's chest. Let's have a little on it. Caress rest. Good girl. <laughs> Too late. The storm is passing. Good. Maybe now we'll be able to get a disease control team in here. I'm going to relieve Woods. Okay. It's a problem. You can't find a cure if everybody's been cured. Mm. Oh, Tilk having a kip. With his hat on. Absolutely. Norm, wake up. Norm. Yeah, it's just walk into the walk into the room where the ladies are changing. She's missing. Woods is unconscious. Oh, she didn't make it. Yep. Check there. Yeah. Oh yeah. So is Jack 
Jack's not cured. Yeah, this isn't good. It's okay, it's okay. He's burning up. You know, there doesn't seem to be enough transcript left for nine minutes of screen time. <laughs> yeah, everybody's in biohazard. You're going to be fine, sir. I'll see you soon. Martin Wood said again, hmm? this episode pretty much sets a scene for the next episode. Well, not the next episode, the one after. It's like there's actually two episodes in one. At this point, the episode actually tells a totally different story. Even though you don't have the disease, you could still carry the virus. We'll all get properly cleared once we get back to the SGC. <laughs> it's just not his colour. Can't they just, uh, you know, get an Asgard ship and freeze him again? Blood pressure's holding 80 over 40. I want to do a manual and uh, get me the results of his latest blood work. How's he doing? They're doing everything they can, sir. We talked to the Tok'ra. They said this might be beyond their help, but they're sending someone anyway. His best chance is Ayanna, sir. She managed to halt the virus completely in the rest of us. Why hadn't she been able to stop it in herself? From what I've been able to learn so far, sir, the virus ultimately acts like cerebrospinal meningitis by attacking the brain. Despite the physical similarities, Ayanna's brain chemistry seems to be quite different from ours. I suppose it's possible she's able to trigger an immune response in us that she can't muster in herself once the disease reaches an end stage. What are the odds she'll survive? And they're back on Earth. They never left. Yeah, that's a good point. They didn't, they? I'm so used, used to them being off planet. <laughs> I was thinking, what did you say that for? Well, that explains why they came by a bus, obviously, now. <laughs> Makes much more sense. Yeah, a bus on that, you know, that long road which runs all the way from Antarctica <laughs> down to California, Colorado, somewhere beginning with C. Yeah, Janet's pretty much figured it out. Unfortunately, not going to save Jack, and it's not going to save Ayana either. Glad to see you're awake. Oh, dear. Hmm. I had a feeling that you were going to make it. Yes. How reassuring is this that I'm in this suit and you're not? Thanks for what you did for me. You didn't have to do that. Not for any of us. This isn't a sort of wake up to, I'm feeling better or I'll heal Jack now. This is a wake up to sort of say, I'm screwed, bye. Gotta get your strength back. Colonel O'Neill still needs your help. More than that, we want you to live. I want you to live. It's one of them scenes that so often appears in any TV series where kind of the hero has the last breath, the last act, and dies heroically. Sorry. Here's not supposed to die. Hey, Yana! That was actually one of the things which is cited as making Night of the Living Dead alternate, completely genre-breaking for the time, because the square-jawed, perfect quarterback dude is one of the first people to die. <laughs> and audience sort of going, well, be careful not to penetrate your suit. Why is she in a biohazard suit? She's already had it and been cured of it. I wonder the current actually, was he going to take the hood off there? <laughs> and was Rekka like, no! About <laughs> to lift it off, and I think there was a frantic hand gesture off camera, and he was like, oh yeah, right, sorry, I got two into my character. At that stage, you really don't expect her to die, especially kind of the little reprieve right at the end. Again, clear! This condition is beyond the healing of a hand device. However, there is a symbiote who is in dire need of a host. Oh God, it's Worf. It's not Worf. <laughs> it's a Klingon. <laughs> Look at the robes. Symbiote was unable to heal him. We believe that would not be the case with Colonel O'Neill. Physical trauma is much more difficult to deal with than disease. I do not believe Colonel O'Neill would choose to become a Tok'ra. 
I am aware of the Colonel's dislike for our kind. However, I am surprised that you think he would choose death over blending. At least we get a different Tok'ra. I know there aren't that many left. Thorin, the Tok'ra, played by Dorian Harewood, been in Terminator Sericon Chronicles, Boomtown, Seventh Heaven. Martin Wood met him on the set of Earth Final Conflict and actually cast him in this role, mainly because his voice actually doesn't need much goading. Jonas, this is Torrin of the Tok'ra. Torrin, this is Jonas Quinn. The Tok'ra offering a symbiote in hopes that it can heal Colonel O'Neill. What does Colonel O'Neill have to say? Yes, Jack's really going to respond well to that. Fact is, we may be in the position of having to decide for him. How can we do that? No Tok'ra symbiote would choose to blend with an unwilling host permanently. Perhaps a temporary arrangement could be reached. What do you mean? The symbiote Kanan is someone I know well. I have no doubt that he would be willing to blend with O'Neill, cure him, and then leave him again, if another suitable host can be found. He's a nice Tok'ra. I assure you he would ultimately sacrifice himself, rather than remain with an unwilling host. Kanan's former host died before he was able to reveal the details of what we believe was vital intelligence about the undercover mission he was on. I cannot stress enough how important that information could be. I notice he's not speaking as the host. I'm disinclined to trust someone who's not willing to let the host speak. Well, I think at this stage, the Toker have proved they will be faithful to any agreement they make. Yeah, they're still gold. Name one that hasn't. You know, they have actually sacrificed themselves for the host. On the basis of our uh, policy of not spoiling, no. I'm naming nothing. Corin's looking perplexed. I'm administering point one epi. I don't know if this is going to work. Will it hurt him? Can't get much worse. I know he's read the uh, actual mission reports and whatnot, but that's not the same as actually experiencing it. Yes, RDA thinking, this is an easy episode now. Last day of shooting, just got to stay in bed. Wake up, Jack. The Tok'ra have offered you a deal. There's a symbiote that needs a host. They think it could cure you. Now, it may be your only chance. We can save you, but... You may not be you anymore. <laughs> he definitely won't be you. All those dirty thoughts. The bright side. Maybe out of the grey hair. Sir, are you getting any of this? Does actually look sort of flushed and feverish. It's nice. Yes, all you got to do is sign this contract in your own blood. Mm. Jack. Jack, can you hear me, Jack? <laughs> yeah, I'm right here. Haven't he got a medical proxy or something? Oh, my God. Speak up, Jack. She's in a suit. <laughs> Oh, no, Jack. Sir, the symbiote's host died while they were on a mission. The Tok'ra have strong reason to believe that the symbiote has vital information to reveal, and this would give him that chance. Now, they promised that if no other host was found within a reasonable amount of time, the symbiote would sacrifice itself rather than stay in an unwilling host. Sir, please... For the last nine minutes, we've had dialogue that you could have extrapolated into. A lot of visual shots, very little script. Joe, Paul, what happened to your script writing skills? Maybe they spread out a little less exposition, a little more dialogue rather than sort of the original Star Trek motion picture style lingering effect shots <laughs> 30 minutes of lingering effect shots 2 minutes of dialogue, 30 minutes of lingering effect shots I think this is a, a symptom of the episode you got the one story which is what, 32 minutes long and then this story which is the remaining 9 minutes <laughs> obviously the argument that Jack, we need that information that the symbiote's got was suddenly sprung on us 
yeah, it's uncanny how the toker always turn up at the <laughs> the right time with the right information. Where's oh, Jacob? That was frozen. Intriguing. Ends on a bit of a downer. <laughs> In fact, the whole episode is a bit of a downer because Ariana, you expect, will survive, but she doesn't. Jack is seriously out of it. I'm going to go with a leap here and say frozen and Jack's final state is a nod to the fact that he got sort of frozen towards the end of season four because the you know whole ancient knowledge thing. But that's purely a leap on my part. You know the one I mean? Uh, no, I don't. Jack gets... Oh, no, wait, maybe that hasn't happened yet. That's not happened yet. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, if you're going on callback, that was the, the same set they shot Solitudes on when they were, you know, stuck in the Arctic Gate. Hmm. It's a bit of a homecoming for him. Okay, then. Frozen. Like I say, I was looking forward to that episode because I, I did remember it very well. I'm happy for you. <laughs> a little disappointing that we lose Ayana because her character, there's a hell of a lot about her that we won't find out for a, a season or two. And even though the episode is pretty much standalone, except for the end bit, which leads on to further ones, written by Rob C. Cooper, it is a very pivotal episode. Hmm. One of the uh, series arc episodes. Arc, arc. Next week, we will have Nightwalkers. When a scientist working on stem cell research disappears, Carter, Teok and Quinn investigate and discover that the scientist's town is infested with ghouls who can only control townspeople by night. Will Carter, Teok and Quinn be taken over next? Uh, that's word for word from the back of my DVD core, except for they call him Jonas and not Quinn. Strange that. Quinn actually looks really weird. His character Teok and Quinn are kind of gone. I shouldn't say Quinn. Well, you think, think that's a bad word? <laughs> On the next Stargate SG-1. You have to protect me. They know that I... Hello? Hello? A sudden disappearance. They found his car totaled, but there was no body. Leads the crew to a mysterious town. The people of this town are behaving strangely, even for humans. But what they're about to uncover... The humans have no idea what's going on here. ...is something so unbelievable. Some kind of alien ship. Something so unthinkable. Oh, my God. The people building the ship are Goa'uld. How is that possible? It could destroy them all. The symbiotes know we're onto them. We'll have to kill them. On the next Stargate SG-1. Right, the question is, do I want to watch Harry Potter or do I want to carry on looking at the Haven episode I was looking at this morning because I went for a brief nap at 7, woke up around 11. Last night, decided to screw it. It's not point in getting up now. Episode 8. I think it might have been episode 8. It's the one with the quarantine. Oh, yeah, in the police station. I mean, they appoint a new chief and bang, a minute and a half into the episode, <laughs> he's dead. And then the guy that threatened... I'm starting to think it's actually... What's her name? Oh, Jesus Christ, she's the other main character. The other main character? Nathan. Well, yes, but not Nathan. Horror. Oh, Audrey. Thank you. Her name escaped me. I told you, other main character. I weren't kidding. You're going to watch the Christmas special when it gets broadcast on uh, sci-fi? I'm sure I'll find it. I mean, I won't be up in Dublin Ford in four or five days at the most. That's as much close and personal time as with my immediate family as I can hack. Yeah, Eureka Christmas was fantastic. Really imaginative. The Warehouse 13 cliffhanger kind of really ticked me off. I assume that's a mid-season break for it, but... Yeah. Miss Fredericks appears to be dead and the warehouse is blown up and I'm sort of going, what? It was done well, though. It's a nice exit for Wells. Yeah. You know, sort of a bit of redemption there. The Christmas special occurs before that, so everybody you expect to be there is there. Well, the Christmas special is in a separate timeline. I mean, the, from what I could tell, the, the last, last year's Eureka Christmas special had bloody Santa Claus in it. 
this year's does in a roundabout sort of way. I see. Please be advised, these are the current communication protocols. The Gatecast website can be found at gatecast.facecast.com and has its own feedback and contact form. Links to episodes not on the current RSS feed can be found there as well. Our Facebook and Google Plus groups are listed under The Gatecast and our Twitter feed goes by The Gatecast, which is one word. These three resources seem to be the most popular method of keeping in touch. We are also listed on the Blueberry service as The Gatecast, one word, and Cast Roller as The Gatecast. Finally, our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com and even with today's social media network deluge, it's still the most basic and reliable method of contacting us. If you want to be a bit more adventurous than recording an audio file, MP3 preferable, but it doesn't really matter, and email it to us. It's a great way to interact with us and the rest of the listeners. It also helps when we hear how to pronounce somebody's name. So feel free to send us feedback and any other type of comment about the Stargate franchise, or our own small part of this fandom. Links and pictures are all part of the love of SG-1, SGA and Universe. Retweets, shares and plus ones are always appreciated. One universe, one people, the journey never ends. Stargate forever. Come try ya! Hi folks, this is Mike. I've got a brief update on the Gatecast schedule for the rest of the year and early next year. Frozen, episode 113, was released on the 17th of December. You are listening to it. And that will be the last of the scheduled shows for 2011. The next episode, Nightwalkers, will be released on Saturday the 8th of January. There may be a one-off special episode released between those two dates, if I have the time to record and put something together. (laughs) But no promises. Big thank you to all our listeners who joined us on this journey during 2011. Special thanks to all those that contributed with feedback across all the platforms we use. And gold stars to those who join us to present an episode or two. In that regard, there is an open offer for anyone to join us recording a show next year. Thanks to Skype, that technical side is fairly easy to sort out. It's just that the time zones can trip us up, given the percentage of our listeners who live well outside of Europe. So enjoy the holidays, and we'll see you in 2012. Take care. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com. Gatecast.